Hey everyone, welcome to our crew videos. You know, maybe you're watching with just a friend or two, or maybe you're watching on your own. Either way, these videos are designed for you personally to have an encounter with God, to take time to actually worship and to praise Him. They're designed to encourage you and to maybe teach you something that you didn't know before. And they're designed to challenge you, for you to take something out of them that you can take into your week and just go one more step in your faith. Something that maybe you haven't done before, something that maybe is out of your comfort zone. And doing it so that we as a whole Scent community can continue to grow in this really weird season. But first, before we want to get into the teaching part, we want to take time to worship. You know, at the beginning of this week, we filmed these worship videos with our Ascent Band, and this one video talks about being on the mountaintops and being in the valleys. And at the beginning of this week, I was at the mountaintop, and I was singing along with the band, and, and I was so excited about all that God is doing and all that I could see Him that He was going to do in the future. But then just yesterday, it felt like I was back in the valley. It felt like that mountain was just in my way. And I had a choice to make. And this song reminds me of that, that we all have this choice no matter where we are. So are we going to praise God? Are we going to depend on God for our hope and our joy and our strength and our peace? Who are we going to go to for that? And so during this song, if you're just listening to it and letting it just soak in, or if you're singing at the top of your lungs, I want to encourage you, make that choice, make the choice to praise God no matter what season you're in, and just see what God is going to do through your faithfulness as you just go to Him. So no matter where you are, what you're doing, take a moment, take this moment, and just have an encounter with God.
with a friend and me and this friend we are complete opposites in about every way possible but particularly in what we picture as an enjoyable time in the mountains 
So my idea of a good time in the mountains is to relax, to sleep in, to hang out in town, you know, like explore cute shops and cafes. And I like to admire the mountains from wherever my car will take me. Her idea of a good time, however, is to find the most exciting mountains, which usually means one with a steep incline, wake up at 5 a.m. and hike the whole day. Now, because I knew it would be important to her to have us hike together, I agreed to go a couple times while we were there. And she was absolutely great. And she would pick um, hikes that would have something exciting at the end of them to help motivate me to actually go on the hike. So the first day there, she picks a hike with hot springs at the top. And I think, okay, like that's pretty cool. I've never done that before. I'm like, I don't really like hiking, but I can, I can do that. And like, how hard is it actually gonna be? So I'm not excited about the early morning or the physical activity, but either way, I'm like, you know what? The picture of being at the hot springs, that will just keep me going for the day. So we start, we leave at 5 a.m. and 10 minutes into the hike, I have lost all enthusiasm. I am dying. Like, don't ask me what the incline was because it probably wasn't even that bad. But for this prairie girl, like I can accurately say, it felt like climbing Mount Everest. Every part of me just regretted going on this hike. I'm sore, I'm out of breath, I'm frustrated that I'm not in better shape, I'm embarrassed that my friend is having no trouble at all and I'm like gasping for air, and all I can think of is this is not what I had in mind. This is not my idea of a good time. Yeah, I'm excited about the hot springs, but the journey to get there is not what I had pictured. And that disappointment stayed with me for at least half of the hike. And it's that same disappointment that consumes us in this season. I'm not talking about the season of COVID here though. I'm talking about this season in our lives, our 20s or early 30s, this decade of the 2020s. You see, this is a season in our lives where our dreams and, and the pictures that we've created for our future, they meet reality. The picture of who we're gonna be dating or married to, the picture of what job we're going to do, the picture of where we'll have traveled or the picture of how many kids we're going to have or how much money is going to be in our bank accounts or simply the picture of who we're going to be. You see, we all have these pictures that we've created in our minds of what our 20s would look like and then we meet reality. And reality is things are not what we expected. The reality is that we're single when we pictured being married. We're childless when we pictured starting a family. We're in severe debt when we pictured owning a house or traveling or having a lot of savings. The reality is we're in Winnipeg when we pictured traveling the world. We're in school when we pictured being in our career or we're working a mundane job that feels like we just have no purpose when we picture doing something that we are passionate about. It gets even deeper that we are weak and unable to diagnose our own emotions when we pictured being this image of courage and strength. The reality is that we are heartbroken when we pictured being healed already, or we're stuck in this addiction when we pictured breaking the cycle that has consumed our family for generations. There are countless amount of ways that our reality is not what we originally had in mind. And this is the same for a man named Abraham, who we're gonna study today. And we're gonna look at his story, not from the perspective told in the book of Genesis, which tells of the original account of Abraham. We're actually gonna look at it from the perspective of this guy named Paul, who was the author to a letter to the Romans in the New Testament. 
And, and it looks back on Abraham's life and it shows us the view of his life from the end of the story. So to give you a little bit of a background, Abraham was this man who lived roughly 4,000 years ago. And he was a man who had all the reason to be disappointed in his life. Abraham was married to Sarah, and all he wanted to do was to have a son to carry on his family legacy. This was the biggest dream of his life. Yet at the age of 75, he still had no children. And even though people back then, they lived longer, their, their bodies still were generally the same. So the window of having children for Abraham and Sarah was quite small. But at 75 years old, God gives Abraham this message. And that message is that he is going to have a child. And from that child, his offspring are going to be more plentiful than the stars in the sky. So Abraham, he was so excited by this promise. And he started creating a new picture for his life that included a child in like maybe a year or two. Yet God's picture was different. In God's picture, it was going to be another 25 years before Abraham and Sarah had a child. And during those 25 years, as Abraham struggled with disappointment, he was no saint. He slept with his wife's servant in order to have a child, yet by doing that, he just blew up his family. He moved around a lot and then the different places he lived, he called Sarah, who was his wife, he called her his sister in order to manipulate the leaders of the towns he lived in. He was no one's version of an ideal man or husband or father, yet this is what it says in Romans 4, 18 to 20. This is Paul talking and he says, Abraham was first named father, and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life, with a word make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless, this 100-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. Abraham lived not on the basis of what he saw, not focused on his own picture, but looking at God's picture and knowing what God could do. He faced the fact that he was old, that his and Sarah's bodies didn't have what it would take to have a child. But then he forged ahead, choosing to keep going towards God's picture. In other words, he said, it is what it is. I'm old, my wife's old. We are long past the childbearing age, but it is not what it seems. It is what it is, but it's not what it seems because God never goes back on his promises. So Abraham said, I'm gonna keep going with my focus on God's picture and all that he has already given me. Sometimes as we are making decisions for our lives and we're building our lives, we need to have that attitude. It is what it is, but it's not what it seems. Going back to my hiking experience, I had to stop many times, mostly from exhaustion, but in those times I had to acknowledge that it is what it is. The climb is hard, I'm out of shape, I'm not having the most fun time ever. I had a long way to go. But then I would stop. I would turn around and I would realize that it was not what it seemed. I would look down the mountain at, at the distance I had already gone. The trees that had once towered over me, I now towered over. The boulders that I had to climb before, they looked like these tiny pebbles in the distance. 
the stumps that I had tripped over several times you couldn't even see anymore. I looked back to see that although I still had a long ways to go, it wasn't what it seemed because I had come such a long ways already. And then I would look back to the peak, the way I was going, and remember the hot springs, and I would keep going. It is what it is. The climb is hard. I struggled most of the way up, and at times I was so frustrated and discouraged, but it was not what it seemed because with each step, I was closer to what I had been working towards. In this time in your life, in your 20s, in the 2020s, you're going to have many times when you look ahead at the pictures or the promises or the dreams, they just, they seem so far away. And it is what it is. You are where you are. But then you look back and you see how far you've actually come. Look how much your faith has grown. Look how much independence you've gained. Look at all of the community of friends that you have built around you. Look at how much stronger and, and healthier you are from a year ago. Look at how when you refused to get into an unhealthy relationship, you made room in your life for a stronger, godly relationship. Look at how you've learned to serve others and how those lessons will one day help you to lead those people well. It is what it is, but it's not what it seems. But if we're gonna be honest about our reality, it's not always that we have to look back to see how far we've come and then keep going. We also have to just be honest with ourselves that sometimes it is what it is, we are where we are, but it's not what it's supposed to be. For some of us, we have the wrong picture in our minds to begin with of where we're going and we need to change it to align our hearts with God's picture for our lives. Or for some of us, it's that we've slid down the mountain and we got so caught up in sin and, and need to start climbing towards God's picture once again. Sometimes it is what it is, but it's not what it's supposed to be. And what do I mean by what our lives are supposed to be? I'm talking about lives that are meant to follow the will of God, that take after the image of Jesus that has been shown to us through scripture. Our lives are not supposed to be ones that are caught up in greed or dishonesty or pre or extramarital sex or porn or lust or drunkenness or gossip or anger or selfishness. The things that can take over our lives that pull us so far away from, from where God had pictured us in the first place. Abraham knew all about this. He had his own picture for his life, a picture of when he was going to have kids, of what his family was going to look like, but that picture wasn't God's picture. And by going towards his own picture, he ended up hurting the people he cared about most in the world. You see, at times he was focused on the wrong picture and at times he slid into sin and needed to acknowledge that he was not where he was supposed to be. And he needed to get up and just start climbing again. And here's the thing, whatever you do now is going to determine who you become in the future. I love what Galatians 6, 7 to 8 says. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Paul says, God can't be mocked because you can't plant sin, expecting that one day you're going to reap joy and love and faithfulness and eternal life. And then look back at God laughing at him because he was trying to trick us. He's not trying to trick us. He wants to protect us by reminding us that what we do now, what we do in this decade of 2020s, 
is going to determine what grows in the 30s and 40s and 70s and however long we live. But it's interesting looking back on Paul's account of Abraham's life in Romans. Because as much as we know that Abraham had extra struggles because he was going towards the wrong picture, at the end of the day, Abraham kept rerouting himself to get back to God's promise. If you are not where you're supposed to be, if you have the wrong destination in mind, if you've slid down the mountain, it is not too late to change it. It is what it is. You are where you are. But it's not what it seems because there is a God who loves you and who is ready to help you get back on track. With each season, it comes down to one choice. In a year from now, in five years from now, by the end of this decade or by the end of this life, who do you want to be? If we don't take time to ask that question now in our 20s or early 30s, when are we going to ask the question? These are some of the most formative years in our adult lives. So we have to ask it now as we enter into the 2020s, who do we want to be when we're entering into the 2030s? Is it going to be the same person that we are now? Let's be a generation who dreams with God for our future and acts now to determine who we'll become in the next decade. So in your cruise, let's take some time to talk about this and explore this idea a little further. Well, you might not be with people right now that you can go and discuss this further, but I want to challenge you. Go to riverwood.cc cruise, and on there we have some prompter questions that maybe you can call up a friend or text them and just start a conversation with them. Maybe you can grab a journal and you can just write down your answers to these questions and continue to think them through. There's also a call to action on there, so you can just take this idea further and take it into your week. Then we also have more resources on there for you. We have options of books and articles and podcasts and YouTube videos that you can just take to continue to grow your faith in this one area. Well, we are so excited for next week. Next week, we have Brendan Peters joining us again, and he's going to be teaching us a little bit about what God thinks of money. And so we hope that you tune in then. We love you guys and have a great week.